Hi, I'm Tristan Miller, and this is Positive and Negative, a podcast about the intersectionality between mental health and the arts. This week on the program, I speak with Iman El Husseini. She's a comedian and writer. We discuss what it's like growing up being Muslim, both in Kuwait and Canada, and her experience with it now living in America. Here she is talking about leaving her home country as a child. I mean, it's terrible. I was already born, you know, Palestinian in a country that's not mine. Yeah. And I was constantly reminded of that, mm-hmm. despite having a life of luxury, mm-hmm. going to private school, my parents having, you know, good jobs and whatever. But it wasn't my country. Yeah. I never belonged there. Mm-hmm. Um but to be and to know that my parents had to escape a war before the war that we escaped mm-hmm. in my in my lifetime is just horrific. And they had to escape their actual home, being yeah. Palestinian and the whole thing, yeah. and leaving and the trauma that they've seen, which obviously unpacks on you somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents were really good at because we were also very young. I was nine years old. My sister was six. My brother was three. Um, they try like I remember hearing the bombs and running in my parents' bedroom and being like, "What the hell is this?" And they were just like, "Oh no no no, don't worry, they're just practicing." I remember my parents lying, you know. I'm like practicing, okay, that's interesting. But literally, like my parents trying so hard to play it cool and just like packing as if we're going on vacation. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're still like a kid. Yeah. You you have intuition. You have a brain. You see mm-hmm. you see what's happening. Um, so just seeing the uncertainty, but also my parents, uh, you know, putting up that facade of like, everything's fine. We're Mm going to be fine. We're going to Iraq. We're going to hang out with these people. Mm -hmm. You know, you love these people. They make such good lamb or whatever. (laughs) They're just like distracting me, but literally being in the car, seeing the army, giving them your ID, you know, all of that soldiers looking into the car with their guns, like that's it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. You know. Um, but my parents really played it cool. But you know, you know, it's still the middle of the night. You're fl- you're running away from something. Yeah. You know? This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller to support this program and a few others like it. You can follow Iman at Imani Feek on Twitter and go to imantertainment.com to see her bookings and where she can appear live. Our theme music is by Billy Conahan. It's called To Be or Nah off the album Leaping with Intent to Fly, which is available on iTunes and Bandcamp. All right, let's get this interview started. Um, so you're from Montreal then? I am from Montreal, yeah. yeah. What is that like? I have no idea. I've never been. It's uh, basically the best place in North America. Okay. Hands down. All right. Um, You've been to all of North America then? Uh, pretty much. Okay. I've been to the three countries in North America. <laughs> um, I've yeah. been to most of this, and not most of the cities. What am I? No. Uh, no, I just really like it because it really mm-hmm. feels like a European city in America. Interesting. It's very old. It's the oldest city in... Can I say that it's the oldest city? I'm just going to put out facts. Sure, sure. Uh, pulled completely out of my behind. <laughs> I think it's the oldest city city in North America. No, mm. it can't be. The Mayans and Mexico and stuff. Yeah. Um, the 
oldest Western city? Is that the way you would say Older, that? oldest Western city. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's uh, beautiful, very European, yeah. very French, very mm -hmm. uh, uh, mixed, uh, great food, Yeah, which is very important to me. If yeah, there's anything I, you need to know about me, food, food is food, very, food. yeah. Uh, was it because growing up, like, there's a family element to that? There's family element, uh, just delish, delicious food in general. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's so great. What a luxury. Yeah, you know? truly it is. And you're Muslim, right? I am. Is there a large, like... Um, I was going to say conglomerate, but that's not correct. Right. Um, a large group of Muslim people in Montreal? Yeah, we're yeah. like a large group of people everywhere oh, we yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're all over the place. Sure. And a lot of us are there. I don't know if it's because we're like numbers wise mm -hmm. or just like loudness wise. Mm. Like our presence is felt and yeah. it's a bit, you know, overbearing maybe. Sure. Um, and I don't know much other than unfortunate stereotypes yes. about that religion. We're very popular in a negative way. Yeah. Yes. Um, could you, would you like to discuss a little bit about Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, we're not popular, you know, mm. we're not, I don't think we're anybody's favorite group of people. I don't mm. think it ever happened in like the history of existence that anybody was like, Muslims, not, they're my favorite. <laughs> I don't think that ever, these words were ever uttered. Not, not, even, not even by Muslims. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of uh, issues, I guess. I mean, mm. some stereotypes come from a real place. Yeah. Like I could admit to uh, our anger issues, for mm -hmm. instance. Um, you know, I'm an open-minded liberal person. Mm -hmm. I get angry. Taliban angry. It's very irrational. <laughs> uh, my, you know, I, I always say that we come from like the hottest countries in the world. Yeah. Right. Like literally, our blood is boiling. You know, like they say Latinos are hot-blooded. Yeah, yeah. And it's adorable. We're we're our blood is yeah. It's like 700 degrees in every country uh, that we grew up in, and um, yeah, and we have a lot of hair to top mm -hmm. off the. It's just not a good combination. <laughs> So there was a large community where you were growing up. Uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, where I grew up in the West mm -hmm. Island, it was a lot of immigrants in general. I grew up with a lot of Greeks, which mm -hmm. are very similar to Arabs as far as hairiness and, and good food goes. Yes. <laughs> we have a lot of overlap. Uh -huh. um, and when did you start doing stand-up? Oh, that was like much later, in my 20s, okay. in 2006, when I was in school. I was in university. Um, for what? Uh, for political science. My, my parents gave up uh, on the hope of, of me becoming a doctor uh -huh. because I think uh, hospitals smell terrible. <laughs> and That's the only reason? <laughs> Listen, I mean, I think doctors are heroes for being able to put up with that smell. It's really, I mean, people say they save lives, but they also survive that mm -hmm. stench. It's terrible. <laughs> what is it? A mixture of like cleaning products yeah. and, and death, yeah. basically. It's so... I can't do it. And I get like grossed out very easily. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what's weird? If I have to go into medicine, if I had no choice, thankfully my parents were uh, looser than, you know, they gave me options. If I had no choice, I would have probably chosen dermatology because it's mm -hmm. surface gross. Yeah. It's not like inside your body blood gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, they knew that I wouldn't, I, the medicine wasn't for me. I get grossed out and it's just a smell and I couldn't deal. So they settled for the next thing, um, which is Prime Minister of Canada, of course. <laughs> of right? Course. That's yeah. that. So I studied political science. 
I have a natural inclination for politics. I'm Palestinian. Mm -hmm. We're current events, you know, every day. We're on the news, the most popular out of everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're really a politician from a young age, you know. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed politics. I enjoy school. I just wasn't passionate about it. And I felt like through comedy, I could get through uh, to more people. Mm Mm-hmm. And that scandals wouldn't be as bad. As a politician, I'd be, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be in the newspaper every weekend. Like, yeah. oh, caught in her car eating hot dogs again, you know. <laughs> Was she drunk driving? What is she doing? Like, it would have been scandal after scandal. So I'm like, as a comedian, there's level. no scandal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's expected for you to, like, fuck up and have hot dogs in your the trunk of your car. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so growing up in between those two points we talked about, um, was there, like, any sort of weird so you were it was 2006 when you went to university that mm-hmm. means you're like a teenager during in 2001 I, I, I was anything? old I was in university when I dropped out yeah. of university it was because I was there for a while oh I see <laughs> yeah I, see. I was in my 20s I should have graduated years before oh, okay but I was just taking my time switching programs and mm-hmm. stuff like that no it was it was late the whole everything happened late everything happened yeah. late. so would you consider yourself a late bloomer oh totally I mean I lost my virginity when I was in my 20s uh-huh. I became a lesbian in my 30s uh-huh. you know yeah yeah that's a yeah. That's a gap of having sex and not realizing the lesbian thing. How was that? Because the sex was amazing. Yeah. The sex was not the issue. It no. was uh, finding like love that oh. was more of my issue. Having sex was yeah. That's that easy breezy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't do much in bed. So like whoever, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're more more than welcome to the, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had a very slutty uh, decade in my mm. life. Um, but yeah, the love never developed until yeah. I was in my 30s. And it wasn't like um, repressing anything. Mm-hmm. It was literally like, oh, I'm just like a wild person who doesn't get attached. People get on my nerves. I'll just, you know, have fun with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I met my wife and she ruined everything. <laughs> uh, how long have you known? How long have you been together? We've been people? together eight years. We uh-huh. were friends, platonic, no feelings whatsoever for two years when she first came on the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of booze at comedy clubs. I've heard. And her and I would talk about the political situation in Israel often, mm-hmm. which usually scares people away. Um, and everybody left us alone because nobody wants to talk to the next <laughs> bar. But one of our friends was really brave and saw that we were talking really closely. And, mm-hmm. and boys will be boys. He came over with um, um, a tray filled with shots and dared mm-hmm. us to kiss. <gasps> And it was uh, a really good kiss because yeah. we got married, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that was good. Yeah. And um, she's Jewish. She is Jewish. Is that tense? Uh, it was at the beginning a little more, but we both have like very moderate views uh, about the situation. Like we mm-hmm. never, and we never came to discuss politics from an emotional standpoint. It was mm. very well researched. We were careful what we said to each other. We did we never wanted it to be based in what we learned at the dinner table yeah. or uh, something based in emotion. It was really like, no, th- these are the articles I've read, like this is what I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course getting to know each other, we were both biased towards our own people. But then eventually she realized that I was right. And now <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> she made me gay. I made her pro-Palestinian. Right. So it's a good yeah. compromise, right? Mm-hmm. Precisely. <laughs> uh, it happens in every kind of couple. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so what was it like starting off doing stand-up then? It was awful, um, <laughs> <laughs> just as you would expect. Uh-huh. It's, it's not a career that I ever recommend to anybody. Okay. It's, it's really terrible. I always say, like, if you have an option to do anything or comedy, do anything <laughs> yeah. else. Just yeah. do, don't do comedy. It's horrible. It's, um, you're underappreciated. You put out so much more than you get back. Uh, it takes so long to be really good. It takes a mm-hmm. lot of discipline, a lot of hard work, a lot of rejection, a lot of, you know, it's a lot of negative things. So, but I, I, I was drawn to it because I always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a powerful tool to get my point across. I love the fact that a lot of people were exposed to me for the first time. They never met an Arab in real life. They definitely never met an Arab who's very cleavagey, you know, <laughs> who's gay, who's this. Mm-hmm. So just like uh, giving people a different idea of what it is to be an Arab woman, a Muslim woman, uh, and just, you know, a, f- a, f- a funny person. Mm-hmm. How do you go about writing? Uh, I get inspired. I'm very, I like human contact a mm-hmm. lot. Um so I, I like to walk around. I could never just sit down in a quiet place and write. I don't get inspired that way. I need noise. I need to take the subway. I need to walk around. I need to observe people. Um, I basically go out of the house, judge people, and then <laughs> good write material. Observational. That's, mm-hmm. Or judgmental, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, tomato, potato. Yeah. Um, how do you folks feel about it? Uh, they hated it, you know, and rightfully so. I would hate it too. Jess and I were both comedians. We always say if we ever have children, um, we would hate it. I would be heartbroken Mm -hmm. if my kid wanted to be a (laughs) stand-up. I'd be like, this is an awful decision. You're going to have a miserable life and uh, don't do it, you know. Um, So they rightfully do not love it, but they're always very proud and congratulatory mm-hmm. uh whenever my uh you know something good happens uh they're supportive they bought me my first video camera to record my shows when i did it Amazing. but they thought it would probably be a hobby mm-hmm. you know the whole hobby thing it's like of course do it pursue your dreams yeah, but yeah. like get a good job with pay the bills and then mm-hmm. um yeah uh how do they feel about uh, you being gay uh, also awful. awful. I, uh, <laughs> I've disappointed my parents from a very young age. As soon as I picked up the pencil with a left hand rather than the right hand, oh boy. it was like the That's end of the, the world. That's the worst one. Exactly. My mom took me to the doctor to see if I was normal. Uh, he assured her that I was. Anyway, it was uh, it was a disaster. Yeah, it was heartbreaking because especially that I grew up in the Middle East where it's a lot more conventional, mm-hmm. traditional. In the Middle East, you live your life for your parents. That's mm-hmm. basically your destiny and your fate is to make your parents happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came along and it wasn't it wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was, it was hard. It was, for them, it was like conventional. You had to be, mm-hmm. your life was decided for you. It wasn't like arranged marriage decided, mm-hmm. but it was like totally if you could marry your cousin, it's fine. Kind of decided, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's just as long as you're like in a straight relationship, you're going to get married. You could go to school, finish school, work if you want to, but you have to have babies mm-hmm. that are Muslim and Arab and you know, and the cycle continues. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of pressure to live with. For sure. And mm-hmm. in my head when I lived in the Middle East, I thought that that was my destiny. That's it. Yeah. You know, my mother, my dad, my they had a great marriage Mm -hmm. um they both worked they had their lives they had their social life it didn't seem like a bad life but um you really it was so hard to think outside of the box you know yeah and you lived in the middle east then as well i did i grew up in kuwait yeah 
once again, what was that like? It never been. Yeah, it was great, to be yeah. honest. I mean, although we were treated like second-class citizens because mm -hmm. we're Palestinian mm -hmm. and not Kuwaiti, only Kuwaiti people were able to own property. Really? Yeah. And wow. uh, um, so you were second-class citizens, and women, it's even like below, so third-class citizen. Mm-hmm. But you lived a life of luxury. Everybody mm -hmm. had like a comfortable life, uh, you know, good jobs. You're not taxed on your income. Uh, it was it was great. It was yeah. a luxurious life. It's like I always give the example of women in Saudi Arabia. Everybody got so excited for them when they started driving. Yeah. But they were just like, we had chauffeurs before. We're <laughs> fine. <laughs> you know? I don't want to look for parking. Let me tell you. I'm happy sitting in the back seat with this guy driving me around. You know, no problem. So it's it's just so funny. Our idea in, in, in the Western world is like, oh, my God, these women are oppressed. Are they? Because yeah. they're very comfortable with their Gucci bags in the backseat of a Mercedes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any temptation to go back? Uh, I did recently, um, and it's 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 a nice life. I mean, I would I might get you know I I'd get into in a lot of arguments. I think if I lived yeah. there, there's a lot of things that I don't agree with, and vice versa. I'm not conventional. I'm mm -hmm. not traditional. A lot of the people who are there know that I'm gay, for instance, mm -hmm. and they're so cool with it. But they're also like, we don't have to talk about it really loud, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, I just saw the movie Hustler recently. Uh, uh -huh. And uh, I texted my friend who now lives in Kuwait yeah. and loves it. Um, and I was like, hey, did you get... And I just took like a screenshot of the movie poster. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, did you get... Uh, did you guys get that movie? It's mm -hmm. J-Lo's amazing. And she's mm -hmm. like, I can't see the screenshot. I'm like, oh, I guess it's illegal. And that's why you're not getting the screenshot. She's like, yeah, as if we're going to get hustled. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you crazy? You know? Wow. It's nuts. So yeah. it's, it's backwards in a sense where my friend, who's a lot more conventional, is very like cool with it. Mm -hmm. She loves it. She's okay with it. Turns a blind eye to like overt sexism, racism, yeah. etc., which I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. And I feel like the comedy community is not dissimilar with their views of like being kind of conservative and not treating women totally. and people of color well. Um, did you face a, a lot of that, a little bit that? Well, when I went to Palestine for the Palestinian territories, I was yeah. one of these people, so of course. that was yeah, fine. Yeah. Jordan was the same thing. Yeah. The difference between Jordan, I didn't perform in the Gulf. I uh -huh. don't know how it would be. I can't imagine performing in Saudi Arabia, although it would be a dream for me. Mm -hmm. But I'm somebody who's like, I have no issues burning bridges, <laughs> getting, and, you know, getting, uh, being I disliked. I, I wish I could do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I, it would hurt me if it was somebody I liked who's like, nah, I'd never do mm -hmm. it to somebody who's like sweet. Mm -hmm. But somebody who I don't agree with. Yeah. You know, then it's like with pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. But I do remember the first time I performed in 2009. It was still early in my career because this mm -hmm. is like third year in. Mm -hmm. um, and I went to Jordan for the first time. And they were like, no sex, no religion. Um, no sex, no religion, no politics. And I'm like, what's that? I know. So I had to talk about like dieting and Starbucks and shit, <laughs> you know, and my parents. You know, it's so funny that my dad hates me. And they're like, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> this is relatable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you think the, other than the restrictions, the humor is different? They have the best sense of humor. Yeah. For real. I mean, we, we're not known for this, but the Arab sense of humor is really, it's, it's, it's there. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it was so 
the stereotypes that I had to deal with when I moved to Canada about Arabs were shocking. Yeah. Like the fact that, oh, your parent, your dad must be so abusive. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like, not at all. You know, mm-hmm. my dad likes me to tell everybody that I was actually the abusive <laughs> one in the family. Um, oh, your, your mom probably can't speak at this. It's like she had her own life. She had her own job, her own, you know, mm-hmm. social life. Um, the misconceptions of like Arabs being evil. Mm-hmm. I came in the early 90s when it was like, True Lies was the big movie out there, and I'm like, yeah. this is, people think we're terrible. We're the, we're not that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was my culture shock coming to Canada. That people yeah. perceived us in such a negative way when I thought we were so cool. Yeah. Growing up, I knew that we had our flaws, mm-hmm. being sexist. I hated all of that, the inequality thing. But I didn't think it was. I obviously knew it was more advanced in the West, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that the problem was solved in the West. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know the. Pay, 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 a wage gap, uh, all of mm-hmm. that, sexual harassment, like that stuff existed too. I thought yeah. that was like a societal problem, not not something specifically Muslim or Arab. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That um, makes sense. So, um, what was the question? <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. We do have a very good sense of humor. Yeah. I, I remember once actually being in a green room with a comic who took a year off um, to vacation in Asia. He mm-hmm. just wanted to explore the, the entire continent. And what he started in uh, like uh, Oriental part. Of, Oriental, is that right to say? The Oriental part? The I, Asian part? Because uh, yeah, all of Asia is Asia. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, the non-Arab part yeah. of Asia. The non-Indian, non-Arab part yes. of Asia. Yeah. I don't know the correct term. Mm-hmm. But, um, and he was like, and the more, you know, I started from the Far East and the more West I went, the sense of humor deferred. It was like from nothing to mm. like you get to an Arabic country, you don't even speak the language with these people, and we were cracking up. It that's, was like completely different. That's amazing. But we definitely have a great sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, there seems like a lot of societal like pressures to deal with all the time. Yeah. Does that make you like anxious? Have you ever felt that way? Like, no. I, th- I thought from a young age that I had to defy all of the yeah. expectations. Um, that was my my motivator when mm-hmm. I found out like you have to do this you have to do that the idea of you have to do something you have to call your aunt to check up on her mm-hmm. makes me crazy yeah it's like don't you want something meaningful isn't it so much nicer if I did it from my own mm-hmm. me calling you because I actually care and it's mm-hmm. not a fake transaction you mm-hmm. know um, so yeah there is a lot of you have to do this that I, I resented and rebelled against for sure where do you think that comes from? The idea of disrespecting the environment. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, it's not like it was a good thing. Like my dad was like, oh, it always pays off in the end to do certain things. Yeah. And I'm like, but you're not giving me a good enough reason. If ever they give me a good enough reason, I'm like, okay, 100%. I yeah. surrender. I'll do it. But everything was a fight for me because I just noticed hypocrisy, mm-hmm. uh, double standards, and a lot mm-hmm. of negative things. And I assume that hasn't changed. Oh, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you should see the way I, I fought with Middle Eastern people. Whenever like something negative happens in the news yeah. that like Muslims did, I just like call my father and yell at him. He's like, it was not me. I don't know. <laughs> what do you, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm the same way with like the right in, in the Western world. Yeah. Conservatives and just their double standards and hypocrisy and sexism. And mm-hmm. yeah. The yeah. white Taliban, basically. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That should be trademarked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have you had to deal with any, like, 
sort of um, like lulls in in like temperament? Have you ever had to like get through a difficult time? Like, have you ever basically have you ever felt depressed? Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like all the time. Yeah. How I think I think when you're like living, you're you yeah. you are depressed, right? If you're paying like, attention, right? If you're paying attention. Yeah, I used to have a. It's so funny that you say that. I used to have a girlfriend. Uh, not like a girlfriend, girlfriend, just a friend that yeah. was a girl. Uh, nothing sexual, platonic friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever we would get into political discussion, she was always like, "I don't, wanna, I don't want to talk about Paul. I hate talking about yeah. politics." I mean, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Just and I and I get how they say ignorance is bliss and everything, um, but how could you live like that? Yeah. Just being completely closed off from the awful things that are happening in the world. Yeah. I just I'm I'm way too empathetic, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm too um, human. Like I said, human connection is so um, is so important to me mm-hmm. that I really feel people's pain. You know, just seeing the way black people get treated in this country. Even if you don't want to follow the news, yeah. just regular yeah. interactions on a daily basis, you're like, yeah, holy shit, there's so much wrong in this world. Yeah. And people who hate talking about politics and addressing issues are always like, mm-hmm. what? Go back to the Middle East where they'll burn you alive. And it's like, I'm not saying that, you know, you're as bad as the Middle East, but this is not great. Like, yeah. why is the point of comparison always a thing? Yeah, that's a like an actual logical fallacy. Right. Like one of the ones that's written down, I don't remember what it's called. But um, yeah. going, so you do feel depressed based off of external things sometimes um and internal yeah. you know that i'm not um that sometimes i beat myself up sometimes rightfully so because i'm being lazy and not uh, mm-hmm. really doing the best that i can and other times i beat myself up for for circumstances that it's not my fault you know escaping yeah. wars and a bit of trauma and yeah. that sort of thing that it's like not it, it's kind of you don't realize that it affected you because yeah. it's something like I never really seek therapy about mm-hmm. it uh, or talked about it. So coming to terms with um, certain behavior, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I only recently did I decide to talk to like a doctor about possibly being on antidepressants mm-hmm. and stuff. But I'm just like so scared of American. FDA regulations are so <laughs> low in compared yeah. to Canada that I'm like they're gonna give me drugs that's gonna give me cancer so I could benefit their healthcare system so yeah. I'm just gonna die like <laughs> when the time comes yeah naturally. I'd rather be a little sad that's than it can- exactly. yeah mm-hmm. um, do you are you a citizen here right now I have or? a green card I'm green here card. legally thank you yep. very much yes, yes. Um, so but you, so could you get the option to go back to Canada and get treatment yes, there yes 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 uh, well no I lose healthcare because I don't live in Canada but anymore. I thought it was free it is free if you're living there and you're mm-hmm. you're paying your taxes ah I see yeah but once you leave yeah you forfeit that beautiful privilege that makes sense yeah um Okay, that that makes sense. But you're really apprehensive about. It. Is it just because of the FDA, or is it because also like you're hesitant about the I have, idea? I'm also I have addictive an addictive personality. Oh, really? I'm so scared to like. I'm already like so obsessive about food. I love booze. You mm. know, I'm just, um, I'm I'm yeah afraid of creating a dependency. Hmm, that's fair. Yeah. Um, have you ever had any issues with like? alcohol abuse or drug abuse uh no because luckily for me i just pass out when things (laughs) 
<laughs> when things get like a bit too far, I'm just like, I'm going to bed, everybody. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, but you're you're aware of it that you, no, for you, sure that I like. I mean, I have to take dry spells from alcohol for yeah. sure because I could drink every single day and yeah. like a lot if mm-hmm. I if I wanted to. Like in September, yeah. it's been mostly a sober September because I went wild in August. Yeah. You know. Interesting. And so you're, is the whole system you have just like on, off, on, off? Or? I also, the other thing that I've added to my life that has helped me mentally and mm-hmm. uh, just with, with a lot of negative things is exercising. Yeah. I cannot believe I'm this person right yeah. now who's going to say this, but I've been trying to get into shape since 1993. I'm not even joking. Like my parents actually, one of my best friends and I, the one who lives in Kuwait right now, uh, our parents did not know each other mm-hmm. and they dropped us they each dropped us off at the YMCA when in nine, when we were 13 years old so we could lose weight because we were overweight mm-hmm. and uh, that's how we met and became best friends because we would sit in the pool and chat and then yeah. the sauna and chat and uh-huh. then we did zero physical activity <laughs> and then bought ice cream and then our parents picked us up amazing so i never got serious about exercise i mean i played basketball in high school for like a couple of years but i never took any physical activity seriously until moving to america really yeah i I want i guess being afraid of the healthcare system yeah it just like woke something up (laughs) you know yeah and uh Although we signed up at Equinox, what a luxury in our neighborhood. But now we had to like give it up because yeah. you heard the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, what do you do? Do you do lifts? Do you do I running? lift. I spin. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I Sometimes I, per- I get a personal trainer. I did it all. And I really noticed such a drastic difference physically in the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and the physical changes are mainly the compliments I've been getting from people. Mm-hmm. So this has been a huge motivator. And I just felt that it released a lot for me. I'm an anxious yeah. person. Mm-hmm. You look at my nails, I like yeah. rip my skin off. You know, this is yeah. one of the things that I do. Um, so it really calmed me down and mm-hmm. made me just the, the release of serotonins or whatever it is, mm-hmm. is, is has been very, very positive. And you're anxious, you just said. So um, do you ever feel anxious on stage, or is it the opposite? Uh, no, I feel it everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I, I feel it right now. <laughs> I, I feel it on stage. I'm just an, a naturally nervous person. Mm-hmm. I, I fully can empathize with that. When did that start presenting itself? Yeah. According to my dad, that's interesting. I spoke to him recently to ask him, because I know I sucked my thumb when I was young. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to look into, like, am I orally fixated? What the yeah. hell does that mean? Because our nephew mm-hmm. sucks his thumb, and the older one doesn't. So I'm, like, mm-hmm. relating. And I'm like, I remember when I stopped sucking my thumb, I started biting my nails, but I wanted to get dates from my parents. And my dad was just like, you started biting your nails in Canada. So was it the transition of something uh-huh. different? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the Middle East, I felt sheltered. I felt like I was going to have a good life. Everything was wonderful. I protected. And then escaping war, the trauma of mm-hmm. that, just like it, leaving your house and everything behind in the middle of the night, crossing borders, yeah. you know, that whole thing. So yeah. my dad's like, I, that's when you started. Yeah. And it coincided with me gaining weight. I was a really mm-hmm. thin kid up until we moved to Canada. Wow. So it was just the combination of like, biting the nails, eating a lot mm-hmm. to fill a void, security, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And you haven't unpacked that 
You haven't unpacked that with um, any, like, pro- professional or anything? I, I've spoken to a few therapists and counselors here and there. I just never connected enough with somebody. Yeah. And it sounds so horrible to say something like this, but I feel like I need my therapist to be Middle Eastern or mm. somebody who is just, like, well-versed in my yeah. culture. Because a lot of the people that I would meet, I'd have to, like, educate them. Like, yeah. spend half the time being, like... This is how it is. No, it's not. No, that's just a negative. So yeah. I loved like this older Jewish lady. She was wonderful. Yeah. I went to her place. I felt like, um, you know, it was my own TV series. I'd go, <laughs> I'd go there. She's older. She's hilarious. She's never met an Arab in her life. And mm. it's like I'm dispelling all of these stereotypes mm. and educating her about my culture, but also like dishing out all the cash, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't helpful. And then I met another, like, uh, he was wonderful. Also gay, older man. He came out. When he in the 70s and so he's like Ooh, yeah just i'm like relating to you i came mm-hmm. out in the 70s can you imagine how hard that was for mm. me i'm an italian man coming out in the 70s i'm like that's probably exactly how it was for me mm-hmm. in 2016 when i or 20 yeah 13 or 14 when i came out to my yeah. you know so it's so hard so i need somebody who could just like i could start with absolutely connect with you know i i fully understand and i wouldn't say i would say don't feel bad at all about that yeah. like i've only ever had male therapists kind of for that same reason of like you at least know vaguely where i'm coming right. from that and i know i'm stupid enough to fall in love with my therapist right um apparently that's a thing you know i read oh, yeah. so many articles mm-hmm. about that what is the exact term again trans tra- I, I don't know i read an article recently about like this girl confessing that she fell in love with her yeah. therapist and had to confess to her therapist oh gosh and they kept seeing each other regard despite the fact uh because mm-hmm. the therapist was like it's actually normal that you feel this way about me uh, <laughs> ego yeah about it. okay well it's not that it's just yeah. the way it was explained in the article is that yeah. it happens often mm-hmm. and the reason it happens is usually feelings of neglect from yeah parents or whatever and this person is like sitting there listening to you nodding at you making eye contact mm-hmm. being caring yeah you're just like I do love you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I fully understand. You know? Yeah. Um, what was it like fleeing your home country? Like, what was that? Can you please speak It was speak terrible. About it? Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. I was already born, you know, Palestinian in a country that's not mine. Yeah. And I was constantly reminded of that, mm-hmm. despite having a life of luxury, mm-hmm. going to private school, my parents having, you know, good jobs and whatever. But it wasn't my country. Yeah. I never belonged there. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be, and to know that my parents had to escape a war before the war that we escaped Mm -hmm. in my my lifetime is just horrific. And they had to escape their actual home, being Palestinian and the whole thing. And leaving and the trauma that they've seen, which obviously unpacks on you somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents were really good at, because we were also very young, I was nine years old, my sister was six, my brother was three, um, they tried, like, I remember hearing the bombs and running in my parents' bedroom and being like, what the hell is this? And they were just like, oh, no, 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 don't worry, they're just practicing. I remember my parents lying, you know. I'm like, practicing? Okay, that's interesting. But literally, like, my parents trying so hard to play it cool and just like packing as if we're going on vacation mm-hmm. but you know you're still like a kid yeah. you you have intuition you have a brain you see mm-hmm. you see what's happening um so just seeing the uncertainty but also my parents 
uh, you know, putting up that facade of like, everything's fine, we're mm-hmm. going to be fine, we're going to Iraq, we're going to hang out with these people, mm-hmm. you know, you love these people, they make such good lamb or whatever, <laughs> yeah. they're just like distracting me, but literally being in the car, seeing the army, giving them your ID, you yeah. know, all of that, soldiers looking into the car with their guns, like, that f- it's fucking terrifying, Yeah, you know, um, but my parents really played it cool. But you know, you know, it's still the middle of the night. You're fl- you're running away from something. Yeah. You know? um, Do you still feel that way? Like you're running away from something? Not really. Now I feel like I maybe stand up is how I confront things. Yeah. It's such an it, it, it's, it's so scary to do stand-up yeah it's so i don't know how people are going to receive me i always felt kind of ethnic you know mm-hmm. i still am ethnic even yeah. if i live in canada and i'm canadian and i th- i have the whole thing i grew up here you still feel ethnic i have an accent i look different again i'm one of the first arabs a lot of people meet in mm-hmm. real life for the first time um so i wonder if that now that i'm talking it out with mm-hmm. you i'm like i wonder if that's why i chose stand-up so yeah. i like to confront fear yeah. And to face things instead of being like turning away from it. Yeah, I get this revelation, Tristan. Thank you. You're you're welcome. <laughs> I went in. Can for, you be my therapist? I'm not licensed, <laughs> but you can come on the podcast again. Um, but yeah, I I fully had it, like I did started it for the same reason, yeah. being afraid and wanting to confront. Something. So you do stand up regularly. I thought yeah. you were a producer, a podcaster, but also stand up. Yes, comic. I do stand up, yes. and I'm an actor, and I'm a writer. And an actor. And I got you. my. Thumbs and too many pies. Okay, um, but that's good. That's what Americans do here. You guys yeah. are so good and actually multi-talented. Uh-huh. Like, it's just so many of you know how to sing, how to dance, how to act, how to this. I, like, came to this country. I'm like, I'm just a comic, <laughs> and sometimes I still bomb. So yeah. that's all I got for you guys. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, um, do you still, do you, you've lived so many places. Do you feel at home now? I always felt at home in New York. Yeah? Yes. I always, I related to the New York attitude, the impatient, the efficient, mm-hmm. that's still very kind, though, yeah. um, uh, way that New York is. It's, it's, it's high energy. It's go, go, go. I love that. I've always been like that. Montreal definitely is a place where I grew up, where I made all of my close friends, where my firsts of everything happened. So it feels like home, especially now that I, I go back from America to to Montreal where I'm just like, oh my God, I'm home. It's a lot more familiar. It's a mm-hmm. lot more, you know. Um, but I always, New York was always the place I wanted to live. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Since when? Since I was young, since watching TV. American yeah. TV is all of the rage when you grew <laughs> up in the Middle East in the 80s. Are you yeah, kidding yeah. me? Um, so New York City was always sort of the Walt Disney for me that I mm-hmm. wanted to see. And I remember the first time that I visited New York, just seeing the skyline, you know, waking up in the morning from the overnight bus, very fancy, the Greyhound bus mm-hmm. from Montreal to, mm-hmm. to New York, and just seeing the skyline and being like, this is, wow, you know, just loved every moment, went to Times Square, did all of the touristy stuff, you know, Empire State, Chrysler, mm-hmm. the Statue of Liberty, and just loved every second of it. And mm-hmm. I and that feeling never went away from the first time in 2003 until, you know, 16 years later. I'm still like, I love this place. That's amazing. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, that's really actually quite a feat because I think a lot of people, you know, get beaten up by the city and shoot out and you do and i cried so much the first year when i thought i was like such an amazing comic when Mm -hmm. i first got here like (laughs) 
you know, I've done 10 years, I've done Just for Laughs, I'm a star. Yeah. And then everybody's like, you actually suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting booked on any shows. Uh-huh. All the shows that I'm doing are like 11 o'clock at night. Nobody's listening. I yeah. cried so much. It, it just like coming to terms with, with the standard, the high standards in New York and the high competition oh, for sure. was an adjustment, of mm. course. Yeah. Um, you seem like a very, you said you are empathetic. You seem very sensitive to other people. Do you think that makes like not doing well and like in general being a comedian difficult or do you think it's an asset no it's difficult yeah because i always want to do well yeah you know like i have some friends in comedy who are just like oh i'm gonna do this mic i don't care if i bomb i've never in my life said Mm -hmm. i don't care if i bomb i'm too i'm too invested in how people feel and i'm like so aware of their reactions and yeah Mm -hmm. have you had like a really really negative reaction to you like Oh yeah, it's called complete silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like other than that, have you had like a an adverse negative? Like, have people shouted anything or like? Yeah, yeah. It's really, really rare. Yeah. Don't forget that I started in Canada, where they're mm. really polite. Yeah. Like that's not that's not a stereotype. Mm-hmm. It's these people are so polite. Do they laugh louder in America or? Uh, it depends. Yeah. Canadians are. Very very sensitive mm-hmm. so for instance Montreal is not doing economically speaking it's not doing as well as Toronto for instance yeah Toronto is really booming and when we were young when I was growing up it was like a joke to say you're from Toronto because you're like who there's nothing there uh-huh. you know it's just uh-huh. like offices and banks and you guys are so boring whereas like Montreal it's like strip clubs nightlife or the cool ones yeah. you know and now Toronto is like booming and multicultural and they have everything it's like I always do the comparison of Montreal being like the cool guy you went to school with yeah. who had like the bet he was the coolest guy he had all the hot chicks he did everything but now you're just like yeah he really drank his life away yeah. you know what I mean and Toronto's like that guy who just like was kind of like nerdy but he worked so hard and mm-hmm. has all the money and now has all the hot chicks and you're like ugh yeah, no, Toronto's I got, got it yeah exactly yeah um, but Toronto is so, because they're still Canadian, obviously, you could feel like whenever I make fun of something, and especially that I talk about like ethnicity and um, religion and politics, uh, if I poke fun at anything, they're sensitive. Mm -hmm. They kind of like, and it doesn't come from like sensitive, like no PC culture. It's more like, oh, we feel bad that Mm -hmm. we're not as, you know, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, it's like a sweet PC. Yeah, like oh, a sweet sensitivity. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't make fun of people. We should just be nice here. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you know, you don't have to push it that far. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. um, in America, I really felt uh, that three times it happened to me, like with force. The first time I was at Beauty Bar, I went on stage and I started talking about being Palestinian. This Israeli guy came on stage. It was like a famous story because I had yeah. just come here with my wife yeah my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. uh we were gonna try out new york for six months and i went on at the stage of beauty bar we made some friends we used to do that open mic at over the eight i don't know if you remember it in no. williamsburg anyway we met a few like cool people that we're still friends with today i go i, I get on stage i'm palestinian the guy comes and grabs the mic out of my hand really and i'm like oh Wow. You're Israeli. Why'd you guys have to take everything? So, like, everybody <laughs> just laughed at that. Um, that's something that's unheard of in yeah. Canada. That would never happen. That, like, ballsiness of mm-hmm. just being like, I could do whatever I want, you know? 
The yeah. second time was in uh, right after Trump got elected. I was yeah. on stage and I said that I was Muslim, and there was like a couple in in the audience that was like, "You fucking terrorist!" You uh-huh. this like screaming. Wow. But thankfully, it happened in New York, so everybody in the audience was like, "Get them the fuck out of here!" Yeah. And I was like, "I'm just I'm scared to talk back to you guys. You probably have guns. You look <laughs> like you voted for Trump. You know." <laughs> And then the third time happened in LA where I was I went on stage and I said I was Palestinian and this woman was like, That doesn't exist. I was like, oh, Ooh God. boy. So these are th- yeah. things that only happen to and I've been in like I said, I've been in uh, New York a total of three years, mm-hmm. three different incidents, and all of my career in Canada, which is like basically a decade, mm-hmm. none of that really happened. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does that affect like how you how confident you are? No, no, I'll still do it. I mean, all of those were great situations. Like I said, the idea of exposure and exposing these people Mm. to my identity is the whole point. Yeah. Like now when that sort of thing happens, I'm like, oh, shit, I could never quit comedy. Like I have to do this forever because of people like that. Yeah. You you mentioned earlier that you were considering going on antidepressants. Has it been like really bad lately? To go where? Sorry. Uh, on antidepressants. Uh, no. Has it been difficult? It's, uh, it hasn't. When I first started talking to my doctor about it, she recommended to me. I think the fact that she also prescribed me stuff so. Um, Readily? I don't know what it was. You know what? I still yeah. have the pills at my house. I could like oh, really? take pictures and send it to you. <laughs> and I was so scared. I think the idea that she prescribed them so easily. Yeah. Um, and she's not a psychiatrist. She's oh, just a she's GP. A GP? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then uh, another scary thing for me was um, you couldn't smoke cigarettes because it could create a stroke. Not that mm-hmm. I smoke that much. I'll have like a couple of cigarettes a day. Sometimes I won't smoke smoke mm-hmm. at all. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then the idea of like gaining weight. And I was like, you know what? I'm already overweight enough. Yeah. I can't risk <laughs> this. So I sure. chose vanity over my mental health. Sure. I, I mean, a million <laughs> people have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'm on something that caused my hair to fall out. I'm considering like... Really? You have it? great hair. Oh, thank you. I you really do. It's, uh, like this is at its worst. Really? So I'm glad you said that. Wow. Um, but it's been like... I want to be the it. agent of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do. <laughs> It's so good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Get your commercials, oh, you know? Oh, for sure. Just, yeah. the, just blur out my face, like witness no, protection. No, you have a great face, yeah. too. No. Um, nice eyes. Nice. Well, I'm okay. falling in love with you. Well, I think that this that, is what's happening yeah, on I'm, your podcast. I am now your therapist, and, <laughs> and yeah. you've fallen in love. The cycle just, yeah, exactly. is true. That's uh, it. <laughs> but no, um, but yeah, I absolutely hear you. But like, yeah. I understand the choice not to go on it, but was it like... What led to you considering it is really what I mean to say. I, I was I uh, feelings of insecurity, mm-hmm. feelings of fear, mm-hmm. um, feelings of uncertainty. All of the basically the bad feelings that I felt once upon a time escaping yeah. again. Th- these are realizations that are coming out of my mouth because we're talking about this mm-hmm. openly, um, and I'm just like now connecting the dots with like my past life or how I grew up and mm-hmm. uh, how that is reflected in, in my choices. Um, but yeah, the I didn't want to feel insecure. I knew that you had to be super confident to pursue comedy, mm-hmm. um, especially in New York. You have to be tough. You really have to stand your own. Mm-hmm. And um, I was afraid of being afraid. Mm-hmm. 
So that's what made, and that I had bombed so much and I had done so many awful shows. So I guess my first year in New York is what led me to consider it. That makes sense. I mean, transitions are hard for everybody. Of course. You know, and that makes sense as well that like the anxiety would spike with the change of location again as well. Yeah, again. I mean, we went to Canada and we were there for 20 years. We're like, we're not leaving. Yeah, We're not going anywhere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have everything I need from okay. you. Do you have anything you want to say? I mean, I've, I've confessed my love for you <laughs> and your, your hair and the fact that I want you to be my therapist. Yep. You made me connect so many dots. Well, thank you. No, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for doing this oh, and making the time. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm glad we worked it out. Finally. Finally. Yeah. <laughs>